Hey guys, it's Richard here. Before we get into the body of Adoption 101, quick update on our entire adoption process. We are happy to announce that on August 28, 2019, we completed or finalized our adoption of our little girl, Kennedy. So if you have any questions about that piece of the process, please do find us on Instagram at Richard and Steve, on Twitter at fuckisourmantra, or you can always send us an email at Richard and Steve podcast at gmail.com. If you want to continue to listen to the episode, it's about 50 minutes long. We cover everything that we went through, all the questions that we always had and needed answers to, and we answer some of our listeners' questions. We hope this is helpful for you as you look at embarking on your own adoption journey. Again, you can find us online, Instagram, Twitter, email. We hope this is helpful. And now, on with the podcast. Hey guys, I'm Richard. And I'm Steve. And this is our second episode, and this is probably the one we've been really kind of excited to tackle uh, the most since we knew we were, we were um, going to be adopting a little girl. This is going to be Adoption 101. We hope it helps. <laughs> so, um, as always, please reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter if you do have direct questions. We, we receive a lot of questions, um, and we're part of a lot of Facebook groups, and so we're happy to walk you through kind of our own experience. But this is kind of going to kind of be um, just a walk through kind of what we went through and what we learned, and it is what it is. We did uh, reach out um, just to a couple groups and ask people what they wanted to know about. So uh, things we're going to cover today is stuff that people have shown interest in or wanted to know more about. Um, or are things that we um, thought would be helpful? So, what did we learn along the way? Because, like, we just looked, like as we were going through the whole thing, or we were in Arizona completing our, you know, certain steps of the adoption. We learned, oh shit, we didn't think about that, or didn't know that, or. And full disclosure, um, this is the second time we've had to tape this episode. I fucked up. Technology sucks sometimes. Um, so Steve is being a good sport and recording this again. All the while, we should say, uh, exo- baby exhaustion is real. Um, so we're actually pro- we're probably doing this on half sleep. So we apologize for the fucked up parts. And we've uh, got the baby monitor here watching her kind of sleep. So, so yeah, we're just we're just gonna <laughs> wing it, and you know, parenting um, life. Throw throw shit to the fan and hope it sticks. So, um, so the first thing we had to decide was kind of what what how are we going to do it? We're going to do domestic or we're going to do international. And that's a big decision. I feel like it is. Uh, for us, I don't, I feel like it wasn't. It would not like it was easy, <laughs> but like it's a, it's a big one because like it plays into, are you going to be more likely to get a newborn or a toddler or like five, six, seven, eight year old? Um, what kind of life will that per that child have had? And then you really get into costs and legal crap that we weren't going to wade into. I mean, yeah, we, we definitely considered, you know, how old do we want our baby to be, but the the price of domestic versus international is so different that I think it was kind of a no-brainer for yeah. us which way we wanted to go. Yeah. Obviously, if you if you haven't guessed um, and you're listening, domestic is significantly cheaper than international adoption. So um, we'll, we'll kind of talk a little bit about, um, actually, the next thing we talk about is the different types of adoptions that, that we've... Um, considered. Uh, so domestic international is obviously one of them, um, but there are different types of go, um, ways you can go about um, 
proceeding with your adoption. And um, two of them we knew about. One of them we didn't really know about until we kind of dug in and looked around a little bit and kind of found um, what would be the best um, fit for us. So I think the most common um, most common adoption is through just a private agency. Uh, you would partner with an agency of your choice and they would um, uh, need some paperwork done uh, ahead of time. So we'll talk a little bit about that here. Um, and so they will, you know, you, you just kind of pair with one or two and, you know, kind of wait for the right time and the right baby. Um, the other option that I think is, um, pretty, I would say, commonly known is um, foster to adopt programs um, within your state. So here in the U.S., um, for those of you who are listening internationally, um, here in the U.S., uh, we have a foster program, which basically is um, kids who are in need coming from homes that um, may be a little rough or um, for some reason the state had to step in and protect those children. A lot of times if the cases are severe enough, um, the state will remove the rights of the parents, which then essentially make that child open for adoption to families who are open to it. Um, so with the standard adoption within an agency, you know, you incur all those costs. You have to pay for everything, every all the health care costs and the baby needs and the health insurance and all of that is on you. Um, whereas if you go to the state, you actually get a lot more assistance um, with raising that child. Um, some of that is a stipend to help care for the child. Um, you think if you get Medicaid, you get Medicaid, Medicaid yeah. um, through... Until that child is 18. Correct. Not the whole life. Uh, <laughs> it's still pretty good now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for those of and you if, are, And I don't know about other states, but in the state of Iowa, if you do go down that path, um, you have access to respite, respite care as well. So if you need a day off or an afternoon or a you know, Friday night with your with your friends, you have that ability to get free um, daycare, essentially, for those one-off times, and you just need to step away. Well, and let me tell you, when you're this tired, respite care to sounds real great. Uh, so, not an option to us. We get that. That's the choice we made. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, our daughter, Kennedy, is amazing, but um, just, you know, standard newborn, just up and fussy. So, um, so the other, so you, you have um, your, your private agency, you have your um, foster to adapt programs. Um, sometimes there's really a fourth way, really, um, if you happen to know someone who's pregnant or someone knows someone who's pregnant and, and it's just kind of a lucky match. Like that happens not very frequently at all, um, but that's, that's out there as well. And then the, the other path, and this is the path that we went down, was to work with a consultant. And there's a bunch of adoption consultants out there. We worked with the adoption consultancy out of Florida. Um, Nicole, hey, hope you're listening. Um, and what what those organizations do is they really help you through the process. Um, and, and so that's what we're kind of trying to do here is walk you through a really high level of what this looks like. But she spent, God, six, seven, eight hours with us just like walking through every little step. She had different audio things for us to listen to, which really helped answer a bunch of questions. And they go into the tax credit and what's it going to be like for birth mom and how are you going to communicate with birth mom and gift giving and like all those things that you don't even think about. Um, but the real, the really the benefit of and really why we went down that path was because as we had kind of picked a couple agencies that we, we did like and we'd had phone conversations with, when you go with an agency, many times you go with one. And so you're really kind of putting, for lack of a better phrase, putting all of your eggs into one basket and just hoping. 
Um, and, and so that was something that, but that by going with a consultant, um, she has, they have typically relationships, relationships with agencies all across the country and then they can get you into their roster for a, for a steep discount. We had a couple that didn't even charge us their, their initiation fee and I'm getting a finger to pause it for some reason. So go ahead. <laughs> so hold on, <laughs> hold on. Let, let's, let's take them back a minute. Um, so the consultant is like he said, it's, they're going to, they're going to be there through almost every step there and they are the advocate for you. Um, whereas an agency is an advocate for you and the birth parents. So this one is some, someone who is solely on your side, helping you, coaching you through the process. Um, they walk you through not only everything that he mentioned in terms of like conversations, but they also um, help you with the home study. We were already probably past that point, I think, yeah, when, we were. when we started with Nicole and the adoption consultancy. But um, they help you through that. They help you... Um, build your profile so for those of you who are unaware of the process a state investigator has to come in and um, evaluate uh, your relationship which we should uh, we'll talk here a little bit in the home study um, and they they basically write out a report uh, and approve or deny you depending on how that conversation went and then um, they build a profile based on your life that um, gets shown to these moms and the profile i think is where we found uh, we're marketers for those of you who uh, don't know us, but and so we felt like we were pretty savvy in terms of creating uh, a message and a, a story about who we are in a book. And boy, were we off! It's hard uh, to write about yourself. Like it, you're required to. Well, not required. Maybe you can do whatever you want. But like ours ended up being like 16 pages of kind of the history of us, how we met, the backgrounds of our two families, what our dog is like, what our home is like with pictures and like little bio clips. And it's just, it, it, there's no better way to, there's no good way to put it, but you're essentially selling yourself to these these expectant moms and, and sometimes the fathers involved in that process as well. And we struggled with that. Like, how do you write something that feels like you, be it gives them a, a good sense of what this child's life will be like? And I think that's where the value came in for us because yeah. I think we did probably 20 revisions oh God, it was of ridiculous. our book. Like it was fucking insane uh, in a good way. Uh, Nicole, if you're listening, not complaining by any means. Um, it was just, I, I was like, I just can't seem to get this at, right. At one point you were just like, I can't do it anymore. I was like, that's fine. Because I, I was starting to get a hang of like, how do we get the right like verbiage down and, and that kind of thing. So that's fine. I'll, I'll kind of yeah. take over now and like you step back and do other things. Uh, that was his nice political way of saying, Steve, you're losing your shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is true. By the end I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. But that being said, so we finished our profile on, um, uh, well, we actually sent it out to uh, our agencies on the 21st of July, and we matched the mom on, a on the 23rd of July. So um, I think let that be a testament to the, the gruel and the grind of yeah. that profile is that uh, Nicole and the adoption consult consultancy knows what they're doing. Um, and I think uh, a huge part of why we have our daughter today is because of that process. So one thing to not gloss over, so you make this profile book, and, and I don't know that we'll get into too much about what happens when, when a mom gets shown our book or that kind of thing, but we're not in the room, and there's no one there really advocating for us at that point. It's that piece of paper that's doing the advocating when it's in front of the mom, and so it needs to be good, it needs to be clear, and... Um, you're just you're just sitting there waiting and hoping yeah. when that happens. Yeah, 
I mean, it's it's your whole life wrapped up yeah. into fifteen pages, and your life, and your family, and your dog, and your how you want to discipline the garden, and, and like I mean, how you exercise, <laughs> safety in your home, what's your community like, uh, you name it. It's got to be yeah. all wrapped up into these short. And pages. it's maybe when you put all the little mini paragraphs together, it's maybe seven hundred words. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if that, yeah. So that that being said, we went. Tying this back into the consultancy, that's that's the route we went, um, and the reason I backtracked on Richard a little bit is because the the other thing that I th- thought was really valuable for us coming out of um, our partnership with the adoption consultancy was um, N- Nicole spent a, a lot of time getting to know who we are, what our preferences were, what our budget looked like. And um, at the end of our process, at the end of all of our meetings and all this book work and all this, um, you know, this busy work, um, she essentially gave us a list of 12-ish agencies that best matched us and our needs and our preferences um, in order of highest preferred from her end to hear some ones that would still work for you, but maybe not as good as the first one. And she um, uh, allows you to choose as many of those as you want. She didn't give us a limit. We could have done all 12 if we wanted to. And to Richard's point, she helps create those connections between yeah. the agencies and uh, and you as a uh, prospective adoptive parent. So um, to his point, like he, she has a lot of those relationships with agencies nationwide. And we got to cherry pick based on our yeah. budget and all the application fees and all of just the minute details, we got to choose which ones were best for us. And I, th- I think the other, the other benefit that we saw early on with her was as a consultant, she would receive inquiries from fellow agencies who, for whatever reason, they had an expectant mom who had criteria they wanted, a Christian couple or a single, single person or you know whatever, to, to adopt their baby. And they didn't have anybody in their roster of potential or they needed more books to show, or for whatever reason, they needed needed more profiles. And so we had access to a lot more opportunities because of that, um, which is ironically, and I'm jumping ahead, but that's really where we found the most success was those kind of one-off yeah. one-off opportunities. But our, I mean, our first opportunity that came in was a, a woman looking for an LGBT a, a gay, a gay couple. couple. Yeah. And she obviously did not end up choosing us. Um, I still find it funny that... that I remember that night, like I was on the couch that I'm sitting on now, um, and we were waiting for you to get the text. I'm like, I just had a feeling that she was going to say yes. Like it was just going to be, it was meant to be. It wasn't, but <laughs> it was not. Um, and so, I mean, and the, and that really ironic part is um, that uh, agency that that woman came from was. Um, uh, building Arizona Families, another huge shout out. Um, that is actually the same agency that we adopted our little girl from. Yep. And uh, ironically, that was not on the list on of the 12 list. Right. that right. she provided us. Yeah, so. adoption is funny like that. You just never know what's going to happen and where it's going to happen. And you just got to be prepared for anything and everything is probably the life lesson of this entire experience. <laughs> yeah, I would say and prepare yourself to hurry up and then wait and then hurry hurry up up and and wait wait. and then be angry and frustrated and And wait some more (laughs) it's funny we we talked to some couples that adopted prior to us and they said that it's a it's an emotional roller coaster and um 
I, I was like, oh, yeah, it's all right. I mean, I, I was thinking to myself, I don't know a lot of these moms. I'm not, you know, I don't think I'll get emotionally connected to a lot of this process because I don't know who they are. Very untrue. Uh, it is incredible. It is a, it, an incredible roller coaster. You're going to feel elated and excited and blessed at times. And then you're going to feel like you just want to stop. Like you just want to give up and be done. And um, it's important, whether that be your spouse or a friend or a family member of some sort, that you have someone to talk to in those crazy moments because um, it can get a little stressful. So um, we did want to touch a little bit about one part of the process, touch on a little bit of one part of the process um, before we even get to a... Um, before you even get to a consultant and before you start showing yourself to an agency is the home study. I, I touched on this a little bit and um, I'll kind of kit this up and Richard can kind of take over. But um, essentially the home study is a state investigator comes in and evaluates your relationship and your home and your pets. And um, he'll, I'll let Richard go into a little bit more of what that means. And they write a huge report on you. So we wanted to cover a little bit of the, some of the questions we received and what you can kind of expect for yourself. Um, and uh, I think each state's going to be a little bit different. If you're international listening, listening to us from another country, um, please understand we're just speaking from a United States yeah. perspective. Um, and so things may be a little bit different, but Richard, why don't you tell them a little bit of like some of the questions we got? And yeah. So it's, so the first thing with, with the home study is you have to go through background checks. Um, so for us, we had lived in two different States. You'd lived in three. So you have to do background checks in all three, all of those States, um, that you lived in the last five years or something like that. You have to do the FBI background check. You have to do the sex registry check and you have to do the abuse check. And, and so state. And yeah, state and federal. So there's a lot of, of th checks that they've got to do. You have to turn in your tax returns, I think for the last year or two years, just so it's part of the record. Birth certificates, driver's license, proof of insurance, life insurance. Like there's, it's, it's a big deal. Um, Rabies certificates for your animals. Yes, I forgot about that one. Um, all good things, like it's, it's all good things, but it's just, it's a, a plethora of paperwork. Um, so the actual home visits we had I always forget if it was three. two or th three. <laughs> three home visits. Yeah, that's how hard they were. They weren't hard. They were just draining. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget the first one. Um, our, our investigator, Angela. Angela, hope you're listening. Thank you for everything. She still has, by the time this, this publishes, she'll still have two more post-placement visits to do with us. Well, and Angela, if you're listening, and it was actually two, we're just going to chalk this up to baby brain yeah. and call it good because <laughs> we feel like you're part of the family. We've seen you a lot. So, eh, hey. It, it And we sat on a couch together, and it, it really, for lack of a better way to put it, it's like a therapy session or a marriage counseling session. Um, she talks about and she asks about our relationship. Who does the cooking? Who does the yard work? Who does the cleaning? Um, who's the more authoritarian one? Who Who's the more emotive one? How are you going to discipline your kids? Um, have you talked about that? Have you talked about religion? Um, how are you going to deal with the fact that the child's going to be adopted with, into, into a gay family? Um, and then I think the one that I, the question that still sticks in my mind is, describe Steve in one word. Uh, I don't even remember what I said. 
hope it was good. But like, you, you, <laughs> it's, it's, it was, I remember at the end of that, the first three hour session, like I was just drained, like yeah. just emotionally and physically because you're sitting there talking about your relationship and how you met and um, nothing is off the record. And so like, it's, you also like, you know that. And like, I don't think I wasn't worried that anything bad was going to happen or that we weren't fit to be parents, but it's an important this is this is the one document that can to, can stop this whole thing. Yeah. And, so, you know, and as much as um, as much as you can prepare, and you want to prepare for those, the, on some level, you can. Um, I would say, if you want to prepare, if you're in this process or you're about to start, um, and you're wanting to know how to prepare for this type of thing, um, I would say honestly, just sit down and talk to yeah. your partner. Talk about what kind of life you want your child to have. Um, how you were disciplined as a kid and how do you want that to kind of um, echo in your child's life. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, who's going to get up for the midnight feedings and who's, you know, all of those little things. Who, well, that plan we... gets thrown out the window. Well, it does. <laughs> but I think having having that conversation, I mean, yes, we get fucked eventually. But, yeah, but minute, I mean, like, but... seriously, if you're, if you're sitting down for your home study and you haven't had that conversation about how are you going to discipline your kids and... Then maybe you should not schedule a home study and talk about that part first. Well, but that, but I think there's things in the home study that you can't prepare for. Hundred percent. You can't like there's questions that I mean we had a ton of conversation of like, you know, uh, we're open to a any race. So right. how do we explain an African American, you know, uh, little girl having two white gay dads? Um, you know, those are things that we would have to be sensitive to right. and things that you kind of have to address. Um, in your home home study process. So um, just talk to each other, uh, but at, at the same time, keep in mind that this person is not here to, um, at least ours. Angela did not come in. She, I felt like she was a friend no, instantly. I think... She wasn't here to judge us or um, to find things to make sure we couldn't be and parents. I, and I feel like if she would have felt that like we weren't our let's just say that our answer on discipline was just a little bit off from what they want to see and what they would approve. My guess is she would just come back and say, here's some resources that, that we recommend and what, you know, the, what the best practices are. Like, I feel like it would be more of a coaching moment as opposed to strike your out. Right. You know? I mean, if you have a line of cocaine on your kitchen table, That's a problem. we probably have a different conversation yeah. <laughs> coming. Um, so, you know, just pick up your cocaine. Like, um, but yes, I would yeah. say, you know, you, you can't prepare, um, fully for the home study, but talking to one another really helps that. Yeah. Um, and then so after she gathers all this information, she re I think what, how long was our report? Seventeen pages. Yeah, like and that's not like including all the the background checks. The yeah. Yeah, it was like it was like a twenty-page document. It was basically like a a college. Thesis, it's, a, it's a paper. Yeah. Basically, um, about everything you talked about. And it's uh, it's at the end she's gonna sign off or not depending on whether she believes you'd be great parents or he. I guess I shouldn't say she, uh, just she. Um, and uh, that's that's kind of the first like. That's, that's the first you, thing, yeah. That's the first thing you do in adoption. That's the. That's also the moment you're like, okay, We're someone else, <laughs> someone else has <laughs> someone else has validated that I don't suck ass. So let's move forward. We still suck ass, just in different departments. You may want to clarify that. So, I'm not good baking things. Okay, that was not a gay pun, people. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that covers homesteading. 
Yes. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to talk about expectant mom engagement, the ICPC process, and the joys and pitfalls of coming home. So stay tuned. Hey everybody, Steve here. Um, we are so excited to launch uh, Brooke and Co. I know we've talked about that in the past, but um, you know these are t-shirts that we are really, really passionate about. Um, they, they are super comfortable. They wash well. They wear well. They can take you from running around town with the kids to dinner with your friends when we can go back and do that again. Um, and so uh, just to make sure you guys are able to try them, I wanted to give you guys a discount code. So head to Brooke and co.com and enter the code mantra and you'll get 10% off your order. Um, like I said, it is mantra, M-A-N-T-R-A, and you'll get 10% off of your entire order. And you know what? If you try them, please reach out. Let us know what you think, how comfortable you are, what you love about it, and uh, enjoy. Thanks, guys. So we were lucky enough or unlucky enough, I guess, to get a match pretty quickly. Um, in the process, um, we were picked. We were very excited. The mom, I think when she picked us, she was just starting her second trimester, um, if I remember right, mm -hmm. give or take. Um, and that was just a super whirlwind. Like, I remember we got told, you called me at work. Um, and I knew the minute you, like, we don't call each other during the day. So I knew you calling me, why you were calling me. Um, we've been chosen. Um, and at that point, it's okay, let's start making sure we have, you know, all the things for baby room and let's get the baby showers planned out. And this is going to happen around Thanksgiving time. So that changes our travel. Like it was just all this got to get moving. And it's very much how you have to approach adoption anyway, because things change in an instant. You've got to be ready for that. Um, the thing with birth moms, birth mother engagement or expectant mother engagement um, is you also just have to be really flexible and understanding. Yeah. Um, they're a, they're a pregnant woman. Um, and so that's never, I, I don't speak from experience, but having seen birth moms and, um, obviously meeting our, our final birth mom, it's just not a comfortable thing. So yeah, for all the women out there, that is, that is my God. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, sorry. That is not meant to be a, an offensive point. No, that I'm is, sorry. I, is, I was stumbling through it. I, I think that, uh, we all know, we've all heard of the morning sickness. We've all heard heard of like the ups and downs that pregnancy puts you through. So I think what Richard's trying to say is that um, the, we, we don't know how you do it, first of all. Yeah. I, we don't know, I don't, I can't fathom carrying a child and having to deal with so um, many changes in your body and emotion and not being able to control, um, you know, yourself like you normally do. So, um, you know, he's right. I think keeping that in, in your mind as you're talking to the birth mom the first time um, is super important because she is going through things and feeling things well, that she may not even communicate to you. She's, she's pregnant, so she's got all that stuff, and then she's carrying a child that she has decided to not keep. So there's like that other level of mm -hmm. stress and emotions and stuff that yeah. you just got to be cognizant and aware and... Um, recognize that i think it's it's also going to be really easy in this time to get excited and right? you should because yes you should absolutely i think it's um you, you get excited because you're like oh my goodness she chose me we chose her this this baby is going to be mine i'm so excited um we didn't temper that as much yeah. during the first one um and so um 
I would say my personal advice is when you have opportunities to talk to mom of the, of your potential baby, talk to mom, talk to, um, you know, to her about her life experiences, her childhood, um, what she has come to experience um, in her world. These are all things that if that adoption does um, succeed, uh, that you will be able to communicate and, and uh, share with your child. So um, for us, unfortunately, we did have a failed adoption. Um, I think it's like 50%, five zero, um, 50% of all adoptions fail. Um, and so prepare, prepare your heart as much as you can. Um, get excited. Allow yourself to feel whatever you want to feel. Excited, sad, worried. Feel all of that. Like I said, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride. So um, feel what you need to feel. Um, but um, also keep in mind that there is this other person that maybe you haven't met yet who is actually carrying this child who um, could actually add a lot of value to this process. Like I said, we didn't, our first adoption failed. Um, I'll let Richard kind of go through um, those final weeks um, <laughs> prior to losing that baby and what that conversations looked like. We saw a kind of a dramatic shift in the conversations. Yeah, we, again, recognizing that it's, that it's stressful, there's a lot going on. Um, we could tell she was, the, the, this birth mom wasn't feeling well at all. Um, and, and our calls were getting fewer and fewer. We're having, having appointments being canceled. Our, our phone calls were being canceled or postponed and rescheduled. And there was just a lot of mini red flags that were popping up that we didn't really see as red flags all that much of the time. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, if that happens to you, it may just be that life is happening and everything is still just fine with your adoption. But for us, it wasn't, it ended up not being okay. Um, we got a call. So it was the first week of November, um, which we, which we will dub forever for the rest of our lives is the week from hell. Like, I don't know what else you call it. Um, on Monday, Steve was like, Steve was let go from his job. On Tuesday, I lost my election. I was running for, for public office on Wednesday. A good family friend died. And on Friday, we, we lost the adoption. So it was four piles of shit over five days um, that we cured with ice cream on Saturday night. So this podcast is called Fuck Is Our Mantra. Uh, that week is part, that, that's definitely fuck, part of why. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, at, at that, what do you say? Yeah, you, you, After, When you get to Saturday of that week, you're like... We just said, fuck it. Fuck. We're getting ice cream. It, it just, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not... A, a, we'll talk about my... I don't love ice cream at all. I barely like it most of the time. Um, but it just, we just needed it. And it was a thing. We needed it for us. Um, so, and I think that's, that's why I, I call out the, the nurturing of the relationship yeah. with the mom so heavily is, um, your job after you've matched your job as adoptive parents is to do everything you can to make a connection with that mom yeah. so that you do have a successful adoption. Um, our, the, the mom that we, that we got our little girl from, um, Kennedy, she, uh, the mom, she was, it was a 180 degree difference between mom one and mom two. Um, the mom was a little bit later uh, in her pregnancy. Mm -hmm. I think she was seven, late. Seven, two, or sorry, she was seven months in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she was, you know, uh, into her mid to late 
uh, third trimester and um, for just we won't go into her personal story but she uh, just had life experiences that she knew that she just shouldn't yep. be a mom and by that point the baby had already been kicking um, she obviously wasn't she was getting towards the end so she also wasn't feeling too great um, but um, our caseworker uh, Becky if you're listening um, was amazing and she you know we were super scared as you can imagine losing the first option we were terrified step back becky has the the best job and the worst job true she had to make the phone call to you on that friday that 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 the, the first birth mom had chosen to to keep the baby yeah it's probably a good experience to share so yeah. um yeah go ahead we were uh richard was at work i was actually at home for some reason you were not and, working anymore. Oh, you're right. I got laid off. There you go. <laughs> um, and I was at the at the time that Becky called us. Um, I was packing our suitcases to go adopt our little girl, and um, she said that this was the hardest part of her job. Had to let us know that um, the baby was born, and the mom decided to keep it. And um, that if we needed anything to contact her to, you know, don't, don't hesitate to reach out. And um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, Becky, if, if you're listening, I feel like you were meant for us. I feel like you, um, your connection to us, your connection to the process and our loss. Um, I'm getting teary-eyed as I say it out loud. Um, was, it was meant to be so that as we get got towards being actual fathers with our little girl, um, you knew how important it was and you knew that we were um, scared and what we had already been through. Um, and so um, obviously everything worked out. We have a little, our little girl home and that experience was very different with that birth mom. Um, and the best thing is, like we said, each every experience you're going to have is going to be different. Um, the set, our, the you know Kennedy's mom, she was actually amazing. She gave us a book of family photos, um, so Kennedy can learn who her um, brother and sister and aunts, uncles, aunts, uncles grandmas, and grandmas. Yep. Uh, you know, um, brought her a blanket and like a bath towel. And a little necklace, and I mean, you can tell she really wanted to make sure that, a that she, that we knew that she trusted us with her little girl, but that you know Kennedy also had something to remember her mom yeah. by. So, um, I definitely take the time to connect with your caseworker, no matter what agency you go with, or if you are going with the state or whatever. Take the time to get to know them. Um, we, we learned that, um, and Becky, I hope you don't hate, hate me for sharing some of your story, but, uh, our caseworker also adopted a couple kids. And so she, she knew the ins and outs and the ups and downs emotionally of what this could entail. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I still were, uh, six weeks in seven weeks, six weeks, today. six weeks, yeah, today. six weeks today. Yeah. I, I still text Becky and I still send her pictures and, um, and uh, so, you know, I think you, as an adoptive, per, a person who's wanting to experience and go for um, an adoption, I think those people generally have an open heart. And I think you're, it's really easy to let, the, let people in. Um, I definitely encourage you to do that because I think we've had some amazing people yeah. come into our yeah. lives because of it. For sure. Um, 
I don't know what to say about birth mom engagement. I like just be yourself. Yeah. And I mean, for let, me, I, like I asked, I feel like there were dumb questions, but it was things that I wanted to know. Like, I asked their favorite book as a kid, like um, favorite subjects, and like you'll get some of that information in the, in their profile. But I just wanted to try and get a little bit deeper. Um, our birth mom of Kennedy, um, she likes to travel, and so like I asked her like her favorite place in the U.S. or something. I forget the way I phrased the question. And she said, um, was it St. Augustine, I feel like? Florida, which I've never been, but I've seen pictures and it's freaking beautiful. So I want to make a point while, you know, Kennedy's young or a teenager or whatever, take a trip there and be like, your mother loved this place. And make that that really simple connection. But it's because I can we can do that because we got it from the mom. Like, we know that. Yeah. Well, and even, you know, ask the questions that you think will mean nothing. So we learned that our uh, our birth mom loves Cheetos. Cheetos loves Cheetos, and she loves Hooters. <laughs> and it sounds stupidly ridiculous to even want to know those things, but I mean, we got home and we bought Cheetos. Like it's it's it, we will have we will introduce Cheetos to Kennedy and be like, your mom loves, loves these. Cheetos. Like we're gonna make we're gonna have you ex experience these just yeah. because it's a part of of it's your, part of her yeah yeah your life and you know we asked what her favorite music was and classic rock um, yeah cl classic rock so but we are infiltrating with country like we are changing that very quickly <laughs> <laughs> just just putting that out there we're gonna she'll she'll get everything she will she'll get everything um so you don't don't necessarily discount the the small questions yeah, yeah. Um, just because they're maybe less significant than l harder questions to answer because in the end Hooters is something that's going to stick with us yeah. till we're dead um, yes. so I, it, it's just it's just one of those things so um, yeah so the the other question that we get a lot and we see on the message boards is about ICPC um, it is a complicated government process if you if you if you adopt domestically and across states. So we did adopt in in uh, not our home state, so we had to go through the ICPC process. And it's essentially um, so for us, we adopted in the state of Arizona. We live in the state of Iowa, so our daughter was born in the state of Arizona. Um, your agency will handle should handle um, this paperwork. Um, the state of Arizona has to look at this document, our document all put together was 152 pages long. It's, it's our home study, all the home study documents, it's mom's medical records, it's baby medical records. Um, I forget what else was in there, but it's, it's a determination of parental the, rights. Yeah, all the legal documents. Um, so mother's termination of rights, um, where this, where the birth fathers are, um, if there are any, if they've terminated the rights or where they are in that process. Um, God, I can't think of what else, but it's, it's a big document and it's important. Um, so the way it works is the, the sending state, which for us was Arizona, looks at that, receives that, processes that. They then send that to the receiving state, in our case, the state of Iowa. And they have to do the exact same thing. Make sure everything's on the up and up. And really that's what it's about, making sure that um, you know the agency is certified, everything was done uh, in good faith, everyone's in good standing, no one was coerced. 
the baby wasn't purchased. Like they're just making sure this was a legitimate adoption. It's going to a good home and all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. So they also check for um, legal ramifications that will differ from state to state. Yeah. So the state of Iowa has a cap that they put on um, expenses that an adoptive couple can pay um, on behalf of the birth mother. Yeah. And um, I think it's $2,000. $2,2300, something, yeah, really um, super small. And so, like, they want a breakdown of like, all of their fees to make sure that essentially you're not paying for a child. Yeah. Um, you're paying for the services of the agency, not necessarily the child yeah. itself. Um, and so. And that's not to say that, like, let's, let's say that we've gone with a different agency that did it differently where they have the fee and then they've got birth mom expenses on top of that and it's broken out, whereas ours was not. It was just one flat fee and, and they handled that on their end. That's not to say that your receiving state will reject you. They're going to hold and ask questions, um, yeah. which is where your home state attorney comes into play because they can then guide and help answer those. Um, we were lucky in kind of how, how ours was set up. We were also really lucky. Um, we also see a lot of questions of how long is it going to take? Um, Becky prepared us that it could take anywhere from five, five business days to 15 or 20. It really just depends on volume, any holidays in there, um, is there weather? Like I, it sounds really funny. There was a snowstorm um, the week that our paper was being processed. If in fact the day that it was supposed to be received in the state of Iowa, and I was like, my God, if FedEx is not able to deliver that, we're going to get stuck here. Yeah. So um, keep in mind that depending <laughs> on the state, a lot of states don't do this electronically. Yeah. It's so it's going to be snail mail. Um, in our case, um, Arizona was awesome, and they overnighted. Yeah. Um, via FedEx, um, but that's not to say that Iowa or your state wouldn't send it back right. snail mail. Or do they open it right away? Like, does it sit on someone's desk for three days? Like, you just don't know. And that's this is for me. Aside from all the birth stresses, this was stressful because this was the ultimate. We don't know. Like, we didn't know when we got to come home. Um, and for anyone who's had a baby. Um, and you get to go home after two or three days, or you're at least in the you know, in the same town. You can go home and take a shower, and you know, sit at your kitchen table for five minutes with your own cup of coffee. Um, we weren't home, and yeah. that added another level of stress on brand new parents who don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, baby who wouldn't stop crying. Um, so that being said, I actually, I'm I want to segue before we talk about our final topic into another one that's not on 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 our list here. Um, of, of tips and ideas that you need to have when you're not in your home state. Um, I think we were shell-shocked. We, we didn't really know what we were doing. Forget parenthood. Forget the whole, holy crap, I have to take care of a damn baby. Wait. But, we're supposed to be taking care of a baby? Yeah, well, you know, I guess she's fine upstairs. Uh, just kidding. If you're listening, she's super kidding. fine. She's sleeping. I just looked. <laughs> she's good. She's uh, sleeping in her crib at the moment. Um, but um, there are things that uh, make complete and perfect sense. We just didn't think about when staying. So for us, we, you can't leave the state until that um, ICPC paperwork clears. You cannot leave. Um, and so. For a lot of people, they'll get a hotel, they'll stay with family or friends, or they'll get an Airbnb um, or something. Yeah, VRBO, something. You know, whatever, yeah. Um, and uh, so for us, we had an Airbnb booked, and we weren't quite prepared. So obviously, you have this little human that just gets discharged after two days, and you're barely used to knowing how to feed her, let alone take care of anything else in her life at the yeah. moment. 
Um, and one thing that we did not know that I want to make sure we share is you need to have a temperature controlled room for that baby. So I think, yes, you do. I think the best recommendation would be if you do do an Airbnb, just make sure you get the whole house. Like you're just renting some, they're, they're not there anymore. They're, right. Yeah. I think that's probably the best situation. Yeah. So the baby's temperature for the room needs to be between 68 and 72 degrees to reduce the risk of, um, SIDS, um, uh, and that was one of the, the many things that <laughs> we had no idea. Yeah. Um, we also had what is called a snuggle nest, um, which is kind of a fold out um, travel bassinet type of thing that kind of keeps you from rolling over on the baby. Um, we, I, we planned that the whole time. We thought we would sleep in the same bed with her. We planned that as well, just because we wanted to have her between us. We didn't want to have to worry about a crib or a pack and play or yeah. a rock and play. Or yeah, I saw someone on Facebook. They were packing the stroller, the pack and play, and like two of the, and I, like, props to you, but there was no way we were going to be able to handle that anyway. No. <laughs> and if you want to, to be quite honest, don't buy it. Yeah. Just pr Amazon Prime that shit down to your location yeah. and just worry about getting it home. Yeah. Like, don't, don't, just don't. Yeah. Um, and so we didn't have a room that was temperature controlled. And I was getting really uncomfortable. I was like, this I am so overwhelmed of being a father at this moment. I, these little things are like room temperature, I, I don't have the fucking patience for. And I said, Richard, I know we're going to lose a bunch of money, but we need to find somewhere else to stay. And Again, expect the unexpected. Yeah. So I think we lost like 400 bucks by me making that decision. He probably still wants to punch me for it. Um, but we actually ended up staying with um, a friend that were that was amazing. Yeah, they were out. so wonderfully gracious to us. Um, and they actually had um, a, a beautiful home and a room to spare with a bed. Um, and the, the room was actually an interior room, so it was actually really warm. And um, the, this particular couple was um, uh, parents already. She, the, the wife actually watches, watched a kid during the day um, for a couple of days a week, so she's definitely used to being around um, young children. Uh, I mean, she cooked for us. I mean, it was, we were beyond blessed in terms of like, we, we were, didn't know what we were doing as parents and she took away so many worries. Yeah. They both took away so many worries. Like, what are we having for dinner tonight? Yeah. And this soothing thing is not working. What do you recommend? And she would give us amazing tips. Like, oh my gosh, that was, why didn't I try that? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, be, try to find pl a place where that is, uh, um, if you, if you can bring a family member with you, especially if you don't know anyone in that state, please do, because you're going to need the help probably as you start to figure things out. Um, but, you know, plan plan to stay where you are for a while. Plan to get comfortable. I would say unpack. Don't live out of your suitcase. Yeah. We lived out of the suitcase, and it was difficult. Unpack your suitcase. And if you're especially in a hotel, put it in the drawers they provide you. Yep. Um, it's, sure. it's a little thing, but it will help you with your sanity every yeah. day. Yeah. Um, anything else that I'm trying to think what else it would have been nice like I brought a book to read and I probably could have opened it up a little bit more but it just there's just so much stress um, I thought that we would have more opportunity to get outside but like we, it was fucking Arizona and it was only February but it was still 80 degrees out there so we couldn't really be out like we were just really stuck so just be prepared to sit in a room and not do a whole lot yeah. um, or be prepared to 
make as many target runs as it oh, takes yeah, we got to, to save your sanity real well. And yeah, like she, it was uh, that was the one thing we could do that she could do um, was go to Target. Yeah. So um, yeah, so the last thing is really coming home. Like if you're lucky enough to get to that stage, you're gonna come home. Um, for us, part of my job in this whole planning thing, Steve took a lot, took care of a lot of the at home things, getting the house ready. Um, I took care of a lot of the legal and travel things. So talked to a couple of airlines and we decided to stick with Southwest just because of the unpredictability of when we'd be cleared to come home. We just didn't want to get stuck with tickets that cost $400 to change. And then it was $3,000 a ticket to come home. Like it was just, we just didn't want to do that. Well, and all of the baby gear that you have flies free. They're not going to charge you to ship your right. stroller right. or your car seat. Um, those are all complimentary from them, and they get you get the most baggage. Yeah, you, you, um, you two bags each free, and it's just it was just made the most sense for us when we were already on a, on a pretty tight budget for this whole thing. Yeah. Um, so we we'd rented a car while we were down there, um, and I'm I'm saying that because I want to do a shout out to Alamo um, because we were we actually got to come home earlier than we expected. Um, an awesome surprise. Um, so I sent them a message on Twitter like, hey, do we get a refund for turning the car in early? Got right back to us on Twitter so that um, I knew that we'd be getting a refund. Made that process super simple. With with Southwest, when we bought our tickets to come home, I bought one for me, I bought one for Steve, but didn't buy anything for, for our daughter because she was just going to lap sit. She's, she was 11 days old at the time. Um, so I quickly sent them a Twitter message as well. Hey, what do I need to do um, for, for my daughter? They wrote me right back, said... Just send us her name and her birth date, and she'll be she'll she'll have a ticket when you get to the counter. Did that? Got to the counter. The counter woman um, attendant, whatever. I wish we knew her name. Yeah, I don't remember her. I looked at her name tag too, but I don't remember now. Um, she was super excited um, for us um, when she checked when she checked us in. If you were if you were working in the Phoenix airport <laughs> on, on Saturday, May March second, I think that's what it was. March 2nd, March 9th. March 9th, sorry. March 9th at like 2 p.m. on the Southwest counter. I want to say it was like Laura or Lauren or something like that. Uh, and you remember meeting our daughter who was 11 days old at that point. Uh, we love you. Two frazzled dads. Yes, we, we loved you. You were amazing. Um, so then we, we you know hung out at the airport and then it was time to get on the plane. Um, other piece of advice you're going to get a ton of advice make sure you pack the premix uh mini hospital bottles that they're going to give you you're going to need those at the airport you're going to oh, need yeah. them on the airplane bring them bring them bring them uh um, also side note you will get extra of those if you are sweet to your night nurse. yes 100 andrea thank you <laughs> um so as we're, we're on the jetway to board the plane um we just want to be home like we're just exhausted um Thankfully, Kennedy was pretty asleep at that point. Um, and as we're getting closer to the door, we're probably three or four people away from walking onto the plane. And the flight attendant sees, I think you, yeah, you were holding yeah. her. Um, and she says across all the people, is that Kennedy? And just the feeling of welcomeness and I don't want to say customer service because that doesn't do it justice. But it just was this this touch and it. it their 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 stock symbol is LUV love. They use that in all their marketing, and it came through and how they treated us on this flight. Yeah, I don't. I think uh, I, I've 
flown a lot in my life. And that was the first time I think I've stepped on a plane and felt like, I don't even know what's going to happen on this flight, but my needs are already taken yep. care of. I don't think I've ever felt that way yep. before. They, they um, stopped by numerous times just to make sure we didn't need anything. Kennedy was an angel. So he slept the whole damn thing. Yep. Um, they, I mean, they, they wanted, obviously, to you know, get to know Kennedy. Yeah, they wanted to see Kennedy. I'm sure if we would have let them hold her, they would have totally went for it. I yeah. think a lot of the, the flight attendants were moms. Yeah, you, so for sure. So they were very connected yeah. to um, a little infant of 11 days old. So um, they actually gave us a, a certificate um, for her first official flight and uh, a few sets of wings and uh, a, what a is bouquet. kind of comical, <laughs> uh, a Southwest uh, flower bouquet, uh, which is essentially just a toilet paper roll with some coffee stirrers and napkins to make the flowers. It was personalized, it said like, welcome to the world, Kennedy on it. Uh, we'll share an image of, of that um, on our Instagram feed. Um, uh, once this uh, airs on Friday. So keep your eyes open uh, if you follow us on Instagram or if you don't, it's um, at Richard and Steve. Um, we'll share a picture there so you can see what we're talking about. But um, their, their personal touch, uh, their, they, they made us feel like we were the only person, people on that plane. Yeah. Um, and anything we needed, if we needed to get up and rock her or like move around they were totally willing to let us like stand wherever we need to come up into their area to kind of you know bounce and soothe her if we need to we didn't need to do that she was an angel the whole time um but huge this is not an ad i promise um just a huge shout out to southwest and everything that you did for us on the way home yeah um from the online tweets to to all the way through walking off that plane and out of that you know out of that terminal um you made it so 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 much easier um, and stress-free for us. So yeah. thank you so much. And then getting home, um, I don't know, try to plan not get home at 11 o'clock at night. That was brutal. We got home really late and we didn't have formula at the house. So Richard had to do a one o'clock oh, shit, run. I forgot about that. Richard had to do a one o'clock. <laughs> because now, in fairness, we did have formula. We had to make a change when we were in Arizona because what we were, what our plan hadn't worked. So we would have had formula. True. Um, she ate but, too often. But we, but we, no, we had the powder in Arizona. And that wasn't working. Oh, you're right. We needed the premix. Yeah. Um, so I had to run to Walmart at one in the fucking morning on a Sunday, and I just wanted to sleep. Yeah. But that's parenting. You just do what you got to do, and you make it happen. I mean, to, to be honest, folks, this parenting is a lot of guesswork. Oh yeah. And it's it, the adoption process is just, you know, shooting, shooting for the moon. Yep. And hoping you hit it, and. <laughs> Parenthood is no different. So, I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful process. And I really think that we had, um, we had some hard times, but I think we had a lot of wonderful people that um, are and were advocates for us. Um, I want to say for those of you who are considering adoption, um, to, speaking from two adoptive parents, um, we want to send you love and encouragement. I know a lot of this can be a daunting and scary and nerve wracking and emotional. Um, there are communities out there to help you. Um, yeah, there's communities out there, but please, like, if you just want to talk or vent or ask questions, do so on our Instagram or on our Twitter. Instagram is, as Steve said, at Richard and Steve, and our Instagram is at fuck is our mantra. 
Um, he got well, that a little backwards, but you got what he meant. I did? Yeah. Shit. Inst Instagram is at Richard and Steve, and Twitter, Twitter. Is, Fuck at, is at Fuck is our mantra. Sorry, I apologize. There'll um, be links in the, the show notes to get to the right place. I promise I'll do that right. Um, but yeah, like, we're not experts by any means. We can only go on what our own experience was. Um, but we had the good and the bad. And so I think that that's kind of lends itself to having some unique insights. Yeah. Um, and this podcast was not going to be very typical, I don't think. But we really wanted to dive into this. It's been a big part of our life for the last three years. Um, it's given us a lot of what the fuck moments. Um, even now that Kennedy's here, we still have. I was feeding her last night at three in the morning and she just was super, super angry, like more than normal. <laughs> and I was feeding her and she just wanted to continue to eat without burping. And that's just not going to happen. So, <laughs> Like I said, for those of you who are, who are considering adoption, no matter what form you go down, um, we send love to you. I think it takes a really special um, set of people to, to do adoption. Um, to those moms out there who are considering adoption and are nervous to what that could mean for your baby, um, please know and please be encouraged by the fact that there are um, insanely loving people out there to um, not only for you to get to know and um, to, to help care for your baby, but also um, to help kind of bring you into the fold and bring you in as a part of the family as well. I know we definitely feel connected to our birth mom um, as, as we sit here six weeks out. Yeah. So, um, and, um, you know, to all of the, all, all of those of you who are struggling, um, I, I have several friends who are struggling to be, to get pregnant. Um, you know, by all means you do what is best for your family and do what's best for your heart. But, um, adoption is a beautiful, beautiful gift that I don't even think we fully realized until we got through. For sure. Um, and it's a, it's a wonderful option. So, um, that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Um, like we said, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Instagram is at Richard and Steve. Twitter is at fuck is our mantra. And we will talk to you guys next time. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to Fuck Is Our Mantra. It really, truly means the world to both of us. If you loved it, please give this a rating wherever you're listening and tell your friends about it. If you'd like to send us a message, email us at richardandstevepodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter, send us any kind of messages at Fuck Is Our Mantra and you can also find us on Instagram at richardandsteve. Thanks so much.